Looking to stand out from the pack at your first job? When you earn a master's in management from Georgetown, you'll gain the skills employers value most, elevating your career prospects for years to come. Get started at choosegeorgetown.com slash MIM. Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast, fresh into a new year. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the faculty chair of autonomous vehicle engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hi, Fred. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Not so great news to lead things off for the new year, though. Uh, The attacks on Waymo vehicles have been continuing in Chandler, Arizona, where the testing of autonomous vehicles has been going on for about the last two years. The New York Times, citing police reports, says there have been nearly two dozen attacks, rock-throwing, threats, even some who've tried to run the Waymo vehicles off the road. And I guess, in a word, you could say this is really disheartening. Fred, um, this is uh, very troubling. Um, this um, this aspect of uh, in a sense, vandalism associated with uh, these vehicles um, is uh, maybe well be the Achilles heel of the whole driverless uh, uh, future. Uh, they are very, very um, susceptible uh, to this kind of, of behavior if they're not welcomed. And, and so uh, anyone who is in some sense unhappy because of their presence, uh, since there's really, um, especially if you when you get to the driverless piece, uh, there's not an attendant or a human in the vehicle, then um, they can easily be, um, in a sense, attacked and and uh, kept uh, from uh, providing the, the mobility services uh, that they are intended to provide. And so, <clears throat> what this is making clear to me is that it is very, very, very important not only to have the technology work, uh, but to have the technology accepted uh, by the communities that it is serving and the communities in which it operates, uh, which may well mean that that one has to uh, basically make sure that they're welcomed uh, by everyone who lives down every street that each one of these vehicles um, uh, travels down and uses. Um, I know sometimes I sit on my porch and say, what's that truck doing on my street? Why is it here? And um, and in a sense, um, uh, of course, I don't throw stones at it, um, but it would be so very easy um, if one of these vehicles uh, was not providing service or value to my community for me to say, uh, why am I being invaded uh, by these aliens? And in some sense, uh, this may be what some of these individuals feel. And so the preparation of the um, uh, geo-fenced area in which these vehicles operate is extremely important, especially to be sure that they're welcomed by the community that they're served. If they're not It'll be just so easy for them, as we're learning uh, there in in Chandler, for a a very few uh, to cause um, irreparable harm uh, to the whole operation. So in a sense, um, this has uh, 
oh my goodness, yes, uh, we may have the technology, it may be safe, but it also has to be welcomed. And um, it can't be an invasion. It can't be thought of, of putting the community um, as uh, guinea pigs uh, to some uh, research uh, test demonstration. It has to be focused on providing real mobility to real people, providing real value, providing real um, improvement in quality of life uh, that everyone in the community um, values and appreciates. Uh, because if it's not, uh, then it, it's it's probably not going to stand a chance. You know, and we're going to be at the Consumer Electronics Show next week. And among the panels is one focused on gaining public acceptance of autonomous vehicles. And they're going to have some pretty big names participating in that panel. So obviously there's a lot of concern in the <clears throat> industry. Go ahead. And yes, um, uh, one should have a very good panel on that. It is a very, very important point. And, and this, this effort needs to be done in advance of the vehicles coming. And in a sense, uh, part of the difficulty here is that um, uh, we, have, uh, we have mixed, uh, the, we have not properly defined the vehicles that one is talking about. Uh, we've mixed up this autonomous vehicle and calling them autonomous. They almost sound like they're space invaders and aliens in some sense, as opposed to really what the driverless vehicles are all about is providing mobility. They're a mobility machine and they should be focused on that. And that is one technology, and, and that is the technology here that is that is basically being um, uh, being uh, attacked. Uh, the other is the self-driving car, the car that we own, the car that we're always in uh, supervising or overseeing what's going on. That's a whole different business. Uh, and whether or not you know Teslas are crashing into into um, uh, fire trucks. Uh, or uh, you have a really a self-driving Uber that's, uh, that's killing a, a pedestrian. That is a completely different thing uh, than a driverless vehicle that is out there providing mobility, uh, especially to uh, communities that really need the mobility, the mobility disadvantage, uh, the elderly, the, um, the uh, economically challenged. And so I think a lot of the, the discussion and, and the uh, debate on these vehicles needs to change. Uh, otherwise, uh, the public perception of these things, especially if they're seen as, as basically toys of the very rich, heaven forbid, uh, I don't want to see them running down my street just for the benefit of uh, some one percenter. Um, and um, uh, but if it's really to provide mobility uh, to me, to my neighbors, uh, to the elderly, so that they can improve their quality of life, or to the uh, economically challenged, so that they can uh, have jobs and improve their quality of life, then I think the whole perception of these of this technology changes. So I think a, a lot of the discussion and a, and a lot of the the verbiage that's used associated with it is going to need to be is going to need to change you have to wonder whether or not the uh, the divide in this country that's uh, so evident in in the, in the world of politics is is evident here if that's well of course 
It, 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 of course it is. A lot of people are sort of angry uh, at uh, basically uh, uh, being, um, um, uh, in some sense, run over. And, 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 and if these things are seen to be in, uh, invaders um, and, and aliens uh, that are just using uh, my street uh, for the benefit of others as opposed to me, um, I'm not going to be happy that they're running down my street. And my goodness, if, they're, if they come down my street and they don't have anybody in them, then um, I don't know. I might not misbehave, but uh, somebody else might. And as I've said, you know, run out, jack them up, put them on cinder blocks and steal the wheels. Well, we'll move on, but uh, I'm sure we'll be back on this topic. It's, late- it's a very important topic and I think uh, is deserving of some very, very in-depth university research and other research uh, to basically take a step back and say, okay, we may have solved the, the, the technical problems. Our AI may be so darn good that, in fact, it is safer. And the safety is not what we really uh, uh, have to worry about, but it's the intrusion. Um, is, this, uh, is this, in some communities, just another form of, of, um, um, of uh, basically um, um, uh, moving people out? Or whatever, or replacing them, uh, it needs it, it needs a a, um, a very much better uh, public relations firm uh, working on their behalf. Well, there's a piece in the, your latest newsletter that you highlight from Planetizen. I think that's how it's pronounced. Planet. Right. <laughs> it's titled "How Smart Are Smart Cars," and <laughs> it, it raises questions here about artificial intelligence. Yes, and they raise some some real questions, but most of the questions are, are really focused on people owning these driverless cars. As we've said, it's going to be a long time before individual consumers will own a driverless cars. The value of a driverless car is that it's a mobility machine that in fact can work all day long, providing mobility to the folks who need mobility. They're not for us to own, to be able to haul stuff, to be able to throw a Christmas tree on top and run down the road, or or any, or to sit in our driveways. Uh, so in some sense, a lot of the questions asked are really uh, totally inappropriate. I mean, if you want to haul stuff, go buy a Ford F-150, you probably already own one, and go haul stuff. Uh, you're not going to do it in your driverless car. In fact, you're not even going to be able to own one, or you you shouldn't be able to own one. Uh, you'd be wasting the technology. There's a piece in uh, Semiconductor Engineering titled, Who Will Regulate Autonomous Vehicles Best? At issue uh, is whether the federal government should step in, uh, so far they haven't, and, and preempt the regulatory efforts of states. Yes, and I think it's a good article that discusses really the, the, the state position and, and the efforts made in Pennsylvania, talks about the, also the efforts in California. I think, again, uh, this darn uh, SAE levels, uh, putting autonomous cars all in one bailiwick of level 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 82, 753, or however many they, <laughs> they happen to have, um, um, there are very different elements of this. 
as we've discussed here, this safe driving car, which really has the technology to basically oversee how you're performing and intervene in case you don't do well, just like our analog brakes do and just just like our stability control systems do, are, are really one thing that, that, that an entity like NHTSA is very able to, to regulate and, 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 and deal with. Uh, there's the self-driving car where we're always in it. We own it. It's ours. It's basically the same car that we have now, except we can take our hands off the wheel and feed off the off the pedals uh, at least uh, some of the time. But it's the same car. It still has to be crash worthy. It still has a driver there. Again, uh, it's uh, the current uh, uh, organizational structure and, and legislative uh, regulatory structure is just fine. Driverless is a completely different animal. It's different. It's aimed at providing mobility. It's aimed at not having a driver. It's aimed at doing it effectively and efficiently and hopefully in a ride-sharing way so that it's so that it's environmentally and energy uh, efficient. And really uh, what that technology needs, I think, is, is a whole new regulatory uh, structure, a really new oversight entity. It's not just an asterisk on, on the existing cars and let, let uh, NHTSA do it or let a Federal Highway Administration do it. The driverless cars are a completely new mode. They're 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 as different uh, from a conventional car as, in a sense, railroads are to cars, and tr- or trucks are to cars, or airplanes are to cars. They deserve, at the federal level, a whole new uh, uh, oversight regulatory framework. We have the Federal Railroad Administration dealing with railroads. We have the FAA dealing with aviation. We have FHWA and NHTSA dealing with cars. We have Federal Motor Carrier uh, dealing with trucks. We need a federal driverless car administration with its regulatory oversight and its own uh, um, uh, regulations separately dealing with driverless, dealing with this entity that provides on-demand, shared ride, um, uh, uh, mobility to anybody uh, within designated and approved roads. Uh, That is a separate entity, and we really should be uh, focusing on creating uh, that separate entity. Interesting concept. We'll see where it goes. Uh, you also comment on an article from Venture Beat about how electric scooters infiltrated many cities and now how a couple of the companies, at least behind them, are either failing financially or facing questions about data privacy. The way scooters and the way, uh, you know, certainly the dockless bikes entered urban areas and cities and communities uh, cannot be the way driverless vehicles enter those cities to provide mobility. If it's going to be, uh, let's call it the the Uber-like, you know, let's go in there and we'll ask for forgiveness uh, in case we screw up, uh, that one isn't going to work, as we're seeing the beginning of in, in Chandler, if these aren't welcomed. If, if, if the, the, 
pathway to acceptance isn't done in advance of those vehicles arriving and, and, and in, infiltrating um, people's lives. Uh, people will rebel against them. And it won't be just taking, you know, a scooter that might be valued, I don't know, 500 bucks, 250 bucks, and throwing it in the Hudson. It's going to be a vehicle that's going to be, you know, valued $50,000, $100,000. That's going to be jacked up, put on cinder blocks, and have its wheels stolen. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, it's... It's a much bigger game, and and I'm sure that that Waymo realizes it. GM, Cruise, and Voyage, and everybody else. I mean, certainly you look at Voyage and and the mobility that they're providing in, in their villages and in the gated um, uh, senior citizen communities is one in which total preparation is done in advance of coming in and providing the mobility. So nobody's surprised. Everybody's on board. This is what we're going to have to do with with these things. It's not going to be, hey, let's bring them into Trenton and let's all start operating and having these things run around because uh, the 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 uh, uh, because of the rebellion against them and uh, and basically the throwing of Molotov cocktails or whatever. I'm sure it won't get to get to that point. Uh, it's just going to be so easy that uh, they won't stand a chance. A story out of Knoxville. That city has pulled out of a planned trial with Ollie automated trolleys. Um, they had announced these plans to test there back in uh, 2016. So this had been in the works for a while, but apparently it's not going to happen. It's really unfortunate that, that uh, Knoxville um, has sort of backed out because Knoxville is uh, close to home to Local Motors, who is the, uh, uh, the company uh, that uh, builds the Ollie. Uh, maybe they, they don't feel that they're quite ready uh, to have the vehicles there and want to make uh, want to prepare the community uh, in a much better way uh, to be sure that, in fact, uh, people are on board uh, before the vehicles begin to operate. I think this, uh, this is an important comment in all the communities uh, that are looking to, to uh, uh, deploy uh, automated uh, driverless vehicles. Uh, I think it's really important uh, to deal with with the sociology uh, uh, of these uh, vehicles and the societal implications of these vehicles uh, prior to putting them out there. Uh, they can't be put out there as just tests and use people as guinea pigs. Uh, people aren't going to put up with that. They don't want to be treated that way. Uh, they want to be able to be prepared, and, and one should start the service uh, and provide the, the value to the community uh, from the beginning with intent of continuing it on uh, for uh, as long as the community uh, feels comfortable having it. Well, I think uh, Local Motors, if I'm not mistaken, is, is still working elsewhere, including, I think, Buffalo, right? Uh, yes, they are still working in Buffalo. We have uh, every uh, strong interest of bringing them to Central Jersey, to the Princeton University campus. Uh, we think it's a good system, and uh, we wish them well. And finally, the drive reports that Aptiv wants to use AI software to read the mood of vehicle occupants. They're partnering with an AI company called Effectiva, 
Sensors can look at facial expressions and breathing rates. What do you make of that idea? Um, uh, okay, great. I just don't know what you're going to do with it. Okay, I'm in a bad mood. What are you going to do? Uh, give me a drink or something? Uh, whatever. I, the issue is, is, okay, assume you know my mood. Now what? Um, uh, how are you going? You're, you're going to not change my mood? Uh, or you're not going to let me in the vehicle? Or uh, you're going to go slower, faster? Um, uh, I don't know. Um, I think we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. My goodness, uh, we might not even be ex uh, in, uh, allowed or, or welcomed uh, to have these vehicles drive down my uh, our street or your street. Um, I think we better get that right uh, first, and then maybe we'll worry about the mood of the of the occupant. I don't know. We should mention the technology could be used to detect medical emergencies, according to the article. So a legit purpose there. Uh, I guess that, um, I don't know, if I'm a rider in those vehicles, I'm going to have my phone. Guess what? My phone has, uh, has 911, um, and um, uh, hopefully I'm capable of taking care of myself and hitting 911. And Every one of these vehicles is going to have some sort of emergency button that says, hey, I don't feel good, boom, and puts you in, in contact uh, with the control center. And uh, But, uh, hey, great, um, maybe we'll have AI do it. I, I don't know. Well, on that note, that's it for this edition. We wish you all a happy new year, and there's much more to come. You can find us at SmartDrivingCar.com, on Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and more. Ask your smart speaker to play us. You can find my tech reports at TextTheNation.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for listening. And we'll be at CES next week, uh, starting Sunday. Uh, there should be a, a lot of new things to take a look at. Uh, some of them will be relevant, some of them... Maybe not.